0: This episode of The Incubator is proudly sponsored by Kiesi. Okay, I guess I'm next. I'm I'm going to review a paper that caught my eye that I think is interesting and answers a very interesting question. It's published in Pediatrics. It's from a first author, Jonathan Levine, and the title of the paper is Preflight Hypoxemia Challenge Testing in Bronchopulmonary Dysplasia. I think we... Too frequently, we get asked by parents, "Can my baby take the plane?" And I think sometimes that's a relatively easy answer if you have a very healthy baby. But when you have uh, a former preemie, maybe even who has BPD, that could be that could be a difficult question. And this answer. happens to us all the time in South Florida, where all the time <laughs> people are trying to go back somewhere else. See, so it happens keep all Daphne's the time. curiosity. There you go. First, first level unlocked. We had. I'm thinking of a specific case. Anyways. So the background is actually very interesting, right? Because it goes into some trivia kind of details about flight and altitude. So preterm infants obviously are at an in re- increased risk of hypoxemia during air travel with the greatest risk in those who have BPD. Now commercial, the, the background, all this information is in the background. So I'm just quoting, but commercial air travel occurs at 9,000 to 13,000 meters with cabin pressurized, from from 1530 to 2440 to a meter. So at 8,000 feet, the reduced oxygen tension is approximately 108 millimeters of mercury compared with 148 148 millimeters of mercury at sea level, which is the equivalent of breathing approximately FiO2 of 15% at sea level. So that gives you already an idea of what altitude does. Now there's a small, Although there's a small decrease in oxygen saturation in healthy individuals during air travel, this can be pathologic for those with lung disease. And so multiple studies have shown that preterm infants with BPD are likely to fail what's referred into the paper commonly as HAST, H-A-S-T, which stands for high altitude simulation testing. And that happens beyond their estimated date of delivery. Now, the British Thoracic Society guidelines suggest that infants under the age of one year with a history of neonatal chronic disease should have their high-altitude simulation testing performed. So the question they're asking is, what is the likelihood of developing hypoxemia during the high-altitude simulation testing over time and to identify specific neonatal risk factors that are going to predispose you to developing hypoxemia? They hypothesize that children with more severe neonatal courses including those with longer duration of respiratory support, greater support at 36 weeks, pulmonary hypertension, will be at the greater risk of developing hypoxemia during uh, high-altitude testing through two years of age. So what did they do? It was they, they took BPD patients who completed a, a high-altitude simulation testing from the preterm long patient registry at Boston Children's Hospital. And this study included preterm infants who were born Before, at, or before 34 weeks of gestation between 2008 and 2019. They excluded children with congenital cardiac disease, pulmonary diagnoses other than BPD, congenital and genetic anomalies that contribute to their respiratory disease. They collected demographic and NICU history from enrollment questionnaire and from their discharge summary. Obviously, the important question to answer here is what kind of BPD definition they were using. They were using the Job Benkelari 2001 BPD definition. So, what is high altitude simulation testing? Because I must admit that this is not something I'm super familiar with, but it's fairly straightforward. So, it's ordered basically by the pulmonary provider. So, it's not something that uh, seems to be driven by the neonatology team. But what they do is that they have baseline. O2 sat that is collected in ambient air, or for subjects who are on supplemental oxygen on their baseline level of support, then high-altitude simulation testing was performed via the administration of 15% O2 blended with 85% nitrogen at 15 liter per minute via face mask up to 15 minutes. And they during that time, they recorded saturations in a continuous fashion. And what they detected were the lowest. O2 saturation and what was the ending O2 saturation now to standardize the outcomes for this specific study a subject was considered to have passed the high altitude simulation testing if its lowest and ending sats were 90% or more and in the case of patients who had pulmonary hypertension on their most recent echocardiography the cutoff used was 94% or more so far so good So looking at some of the data, they had 63 subjects that were included in the study. The median birth weight was 735 grams. The median gestational age was 26 weeks and six days. 7% of that population actually had a tracheostomy. And what the breakdown was in terms of BPD, they had about 22% of the babies with mild BPD, 17% with moderate, and 60% with what's considered severe. 38% 38% of the population, 24 babies had pulmonary hypertension at 36 weeks corrected or after. Now, in total, some of these subjects repeated testing. So they ended up having 94 high altitude testing studies to include in the analysis. And the reason, so how many, 32% of the subjects had actually more than one studies done. Now, the studies occurred at a median age of about 14 months. Now, during the challenge at FiO2 of 15%, the median change in O2 saturation was about 8% from baseline. And I think that's quite interesting. 37% developed hypoxemia during testing. The question that's interesting based on the data is, what was the probability of really passing the high altitude test? So on the cumulative distribution function curve that they're showing, the probability of passing the high altitude test at three months corrected was 50%. At six months, it was 67%. At 12 months, 72%. At 18 months, it was again 72%. And at 24 months, it was only 85%. And I think that's very interesting. Now, obviously, you have to remember that um, based on the testing, because that's one of the questions I had when I was reading the paper. Like they're not switching the oxygen support to 15%, to 15% oxygen. Like you're still having your cannula on, you're still having whatever you're on if you're on baseline oxygen supplementation, but the air that's surrounding your cannula that could be entrained or anything, that's going to be 15%. So they're changing your environment, not really changing your amount of support because I don't think that would be um, ethical. Now, the time to pass the high altitude test was significantly different for history of tracheostomy, for having needed postnatal corticosteroid, and for the type of respiratory support you are on at the time of NICU discharge. In the multivariable analysis with the Cox proportional hazards, the ventilation for more than 14 days, postnatal steroids, respiratory support at 36 weeks PMA, and severe BPD after controlling for gestational age, birth weight, and sex had a hazard ratios that suggested significantly lower proportional odds of passing the high altitude test at any time point. Having pulmonary hypertension after 36 weeks also had hazard ratio suggesting lower proportion of passing the high altitude test. Now, the time to pass the high altitude test curves were used to calculate basically the probability of you passing the high altitude test at 6, 12, 18, and 24 months corrected gestational age based on neonatal risk factors. I don't know if you guys are looking at the paper. I'm going to share my screen because you got to see this because this is such a useful table. Basically, table three in the paper gives you, based on some of the risk factors in the left-hand side of the column, you have the different rows, you have the different risk factors, and then you have four columns, which basically give you when you're doing the high altitude testing, six, 12 months, 18 months, and 24 months. And it basically gives you your risk of passing your chance of passing the high altitude test. I think that is such a great table to have in your back pocket when that question ever comes up. So I clipped it, I saved it, and uh, I'm sure I'll make use of it very soon. Now, the infants who were on, who were no longer on respiratory support at 36 weeks post-menstrual age had a likelihood over 90% of passing the high altitude test at each time point. I think that's a good reminder, obviously, that... The, the less severe the respiratory disease, the more likely they were to pass. At 18 months, infants who had not required postnatal steroids had a high likelihood of passing the high-altitude test. At 24 months, infants with pulmonary hypertension or who had been discharged on respiratory support were the least likely to have passed the high-altitude test, which is obviously very concerning because you would think that by 24 months, these families would be able to travel and so on. So the fact that it extends up until that point is quite, it's quite staggering. Now, when they only they did a sub analysis where they only included the 50 children who actually passed the high altitude test, because some babies, some children actually never really passed. At uh, nine months' corrected gestational age, the, there was a 90% probability of passing in that sample. Among the two children with a tracheostomy who ever passed the high altitude test, the ages at first passed were 103 months and 38 months. So having a tracheostomy is doesn't bode well for passing the high altitude test. And then finally the last piece of data is that among the babies who did pass, among the uh, 18 children that passed the high altitude test that had a history of pulmonary hypertension at any point after 36 weeks, the median age to pass was actually 42 months and the probability of passing did not reach 90% until they were 8 years old. So I think it's a fascinating study that gives us a a great insight into something that we don't commonly see in the neonatal literature. The conclusion from the group is that children with post-prematurity respiratory distress, post-prematurity respiratory disease have high rates of hypoxemia during high altitude simulation testing, particularly when they're under 24 months corrected for gestational age. Children who were not on respiratory support at 36 weeks PMA are less likely to develop hypoxemia during high-altitude testing, whereas factors associated with premature lung disease severity, including having a history of pulmonary hypertension, receiving postnatal steroids, or who were discharged from the NICU on respiratory support, were most likely to develop hypoxemia during high-altitude testing through two years of age. This has implication for consideration of fitness to fly and ongoing hypoxemia in stress condition in children born prematurely. I love that study. I think it's terrifying. I know. I think my takeaway, one, it's a great thing. We should, of course, we should test. (laughs) We should be able to give the most predictive information. So I love the test. I think that's a slam dunk. It is reassuring to me that if you can come off of oxygen before 36 weeks, then that is reassuring. But I guess any kid on oxygen is really at risk. Yeah no, I, and I, I was thinking about that from the standpoint of my patients, and I'm thinking like, yeah, if a baby, yeah, and if a baby has a bit of pulmonary hypertension or goes home on some oxygen, and the parents asked me, would he be able to fly by age three? I would have said 100 percent, of course. Three years, it's so far down. He'll be so much better, and it's not that clear. Thank you for listening to The Incubator Podcast. If you like this episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcast or the Apple Podcast website. You can find other episodes of the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcast, or the podcast app of your choice. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to send us questions, comments, or suggestions to our email address, nicupodcast at gmail.com. You can also message the show on Instagram or Twitter at nicupodcast, or through our website,